your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter number 26. Book of Job, chapter number 26. you'll give me just a moment I, I want to read these verses of scripture I'm going to read through verse 1 through verse 14 and I'll do it very quickly but uh, it's important to read them all I do want to say this for on behalf of our youth too our youth group sold these pans did a great job doing that but we had a great family in this church that covered the cost of the pans for them materials and so everything they made on that was straight profit for the youth group. And I want to say thank you, Shay and Stacy, for, for doing that. They didn't have to do that, but they wanted to be a blessing. That was very, very kind. Uh, Job chapter 26, verse 1. But Job answered and said, How hast thou helped him that is without power? How savest thou the arm that hath no strength? How hast thou counseled him that hath no wisdom? And how hast thou plentifully declared the thing as it is? To whom hast thou uttered words and whose spirit came from thee? Dead things are formed from under the waters in the inhabitants thereof. Hell is naked before him and destruction has no covering. He, watch this. He stretcheth out the north over the empty place. He hangs the earth upon nothing. He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds. And the cloud is not rent under them. He holdeth back the face of his throne. And spreadeth his cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds. Until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. <coughs> he divided the sea with his power, and by his understanding he smiteth through the proud. By his spirit he hath garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. Lo, these are parts of his ways. But how little a portion is heard of him, but the thunder of his power who can understand. I want to preach this morning from this subject, whispers, whispers from the edge, and you'll understand that in just a moment. Could we just lift a hand together and ask God to speak to us right now in this service? Would you do that? Would you just pray that right now in the name of Jesus? Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to understand. All that your spirit would say today, God. And help us this morning, Lord. Help us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Sometimes we need to see things a little bit differently than we ordinarily would. Sometimes we need a macro view. wonder if anybody has a coin on them this morning that I could borrow. Anybody have a coin that's handy? There we go. 
Thank you very much. Penny is just a small coin. Thank you for giving me a penny. You're smart. You knew you might not get it back, huh? <laughs> he said he may be some dumb, but he ain't plumb dumb. If I hold this small coin in front of me and I close my other eye and I put it right in front of me, it becomes almost all that I can see, all that I am able to focus on. But if it is further away in my view, if I will take what is right in front of me and I will move it out, then I begin to see just how small and insignificant this thing is in the face of everything else around me. But if I hold it up in front of me, and that's all I'm looking at, it becomes insurmountable to me, and I tend to think of it as being bigger than it really is. I would remind you today that God's ways and God's thoughts are not like our ways, and they're not like our thoughts. God always sees the bigger picture. I'm disappointed, Ethan. God always sees the bigger picture. I want to remind you today that God is bigger than your problems. I want to remind you today that God is larger than whatever your need is that you walked into this room with. God's greater, God's bigger than that problem or that need. What seems so big right now and what seems so overwhelming to you right now, what seems so insurmountable to you right now, I declare to you that it is nothing before our God. The Word declares in Luke 1.37 that with God nothing shall be impossible. Yet many times in our eyes we see things, those little coins that seem to be impossible to us. We see situations in front of us, all around us, that seem to be more than we can handle. But I submit to you today that God is able to heal even when the doctor says there is no hope. I submit to you today that God is able to deliver when the rehab says we've done everything we can do and there is, no other, there is nothing else to do. To help this person. I submit to you today that God is able to save. Even when you've looked at it and you said there is no way for that person to be saved. My God can save to the uttermost. He said in Hebrews 7, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. I want you to know our God can do it. If you want to fix something, sometimes you've just simply got to go to the beginning of that thing. You've got to go to the creator of it. The creator of the thing knows how to fix the issue with the problem. We've all got these smartphones now. And <coughs> before I get to that, let me remind you. Thank you very much. Let me remind you. That it was just a few years ago, just a few years ago, that people were working on their own cars. Anybody here old enough to remember working on your own car? You'd get out there and, and you'd get up under it, 
we were talking about this the other day, Brother Tim. He, he'd work on that car he had. It had the 351 Windsor in it, right? And uh, he'd get out there and work on that car. But now they've got it, all these things so electronic now with them that it's hard for you to get in and, and to mess with it yourself. You're, you're liable to mess it up and make it worse than it was. And, and it's just it's gotten difficult. So you take it to the dealership or you take it to the, to the auto repair shop. And you ask them to take a look at it because they've got tools that you'll never have. They've got computers that you don't have. Uh, if you want to fix something, you got to go to the creator of it. I've, we've all got these smartphones, and I've got this Apple phone right here. And y'all are glad to see that I got my timer going on it right now, aren't you? We've got, <laughs> we've got these, and, and uh, we keep up with with uh, so much on them. And, and I'm just going to tell you, this thing goes down on me. I've got problems. I do everything on this. I, I, I get, I've got important emails on this phone right now. And, and I, it is very rare for me to sit behind a computer anymore. Uh, I've got very important information on this. I've got, I've got sermons on this. And, and I've got uh, all my numbers and, and, and family pictures. We used to put them in boxes. Now we can put them on our phones. Isn't that amazing? And if this thing goes down, I'm telling you right now, I'm not messing with it. I'm going to the Apple store, and, and I'm saying, you fix it. And you Why? Because they are the creator of it. And sometimes, it, just a small thing, and they'll say, oh, all you got to do is this. And they'll, pop, 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 and they'll do whatever, and, and they get it fixed. And I would tell you today that what often seems to be a big problem to the one using the creation is really not that big at all. Um, you know, it's... If, if you're a seamstress, it's not that big a deal to you if a button falls off. But, but I'm no seamstress. And, and if a button falls off, then I got issues. And, and I got a shirt right now. I need to get it to my wife and, and ask her to put a button back on it. She's taking care of nursery right now. But I need to have her sew a button back on it. Because I'm going to tell you who's not sewing that button back on it. If I try to sew that button back on it, it's going to all be messed up for real bad. You go to somebody who knows what they're doing. What is impossible and unfixable for us. I would declare to you that our God is well able to perform that thing. When you look at Job 26 and you begin to read. uh, You begin to read this book. If you look in my Bible. My Bible has headings typically above the chapters. And on this chapter the heading says. It's it's a, a message of Job about the fact that God is great. God is great. And when you read this chapter, you begin to hear him talk about how great our God is. In the midst of his loss and calamity, he acknowledges the power and the majesty of our God. Job speaks of those things beneath us in Sheol or hell. He speaks of destruction and death. Uh, He says it's open, it's visible to the eyes of the Lord. None of those things are hidden from him. That is how great our God is. In verses 7 through 10, it talks about how he alone can spread out the north. It talks about how he, our God, think about this folks, our God hangs the earth on nothing. He suspends water in the clouds. He controls the moon and the tides. <coughs> he controls the horizon. 
the light and the dark. God controls all of those things. Job speaks of the heavens above us in verses 11 through 13. It says the heavens tremble at his rebuke. It says he stirs the seas by his power. It says he subdues rebellion in his creation by his wisdom. It says by his breath he clears the heavens. Oh, how great our God is. When we look all around us, we see his majesty and we see his power. Let me remind you that he overcame death and hell and the grave. Let me remind you about all that is around us. Gravity, how it works. Uh, The sun hanging where it hangs, able to give warmth to this world. And we're ready for it to get a little bit closer now. Anybody feel that way? The sun, the moon, all these things. uh, Just so. I would tell you today, the earth is spinning at about a thousand miles per hour. It makes one full revolution every 24 hours. At the same time, it is orbiting the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. It makes a complete circuit of the sun once every 365 and a quarter days. It's on a precise axis, in a precise orbit, with a precise temperature and a precise atmosphere. And somebody wants to say that all happened by accident. I say there's no way for that to happen by accident. I say it requires so much more faith for me to believe that's an accident than it does to believe God said, let there be, and there was. So Job talks about all these things, about how great our God is, all that he is able to do. And then he said in verse 14, And lo, these are parts of his ways. But how little a portion is heard of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? The NIV says, And these are but the outer fringe of his way. The ASV says, These are but the outskirts of his ways. But I've been reading the New King James in our reading through the Bible this year. And when I read this a few weeks ago, it leapt out at me. I like the way the New King James says it best. It says in verse 14 of chapter 26, Indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Now think about it. Job declares that all the majesty, all the power, all the glory we see around us. All the glory and power of God we see below us or above us. In God's creation and in the heavens. All of that is just the mere edges of his power. The fact that you're sitting on a planet that's moving around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour right now. That, we're, that, that we are moving right now. You're moving 1,000 miles per hour just turning to go from day to night. In the middle of all of that 
in the middle of the fact that he threw the stars out also. When you consider the fact that our God is able to go down into the depths of hell, he's able to go up into the heights of heaven, all of these things, Job said, think about all of it, but then remember that this is just the mere edges of his ways. We are only seeing the smallest portion. We are only hearing the faintest whisper. We could not even begin to comprehend the full thunder of his power this morning. I want to tell you that if God was to move in here in all of his power and might, it would absolutely scare us to death. It was Israel that gathered around Mount Sinai. And the Lord told Moses, get them around that mountain. But don't let them touch the mountain or else they're going to die. But I'm going to come down on that mountain. I'm going to meet with Israel. And he got down. He got on that mountain. And the Bible said the thunder began to roll. And it said the lightning began to flash. And the people were so scared. Whenever God began to move like that. They said from now on Moses you talk with God. And then you tell us what God said. Because we cannot handle the thunder of his power. I am going to tell you today. That our God is so great. That even. Even the edges of his ways are beyond our comprehension. Paul quoted Isaiah in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. He said, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. He said, you cannot see it. He said, you cannot hear about it. You couldn't even conjure it up in your heart trying to think about it. You don't have the capacity to begin to think about how great our God is. And I've come to tell you today, we've seen some great things, but all we've seen are simply the edges of his ways. And I've come to tell you today that the edges of his ways are enough. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Anybody in here ever cut the the crust off their sandwich before? Anybody still take the crust off their sandwich? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If I get if I get a hamburger and there's too much bread hanging out over that the meat, I, I start pulling the edges off that. And when when we're fixing lunches in the morning for the kids to go to school, they want the they want the crust cut off, and and we do it. We cut that crust off for them. Why did we cut and why do we continue to cut the crust off the bread of our sandwich? Because you don't like the edges. You don't like the fringes. You don't care for the outer portion. That's not as good as what's in the middle. It's just the edge. It's just the outset. And you say, let's take that off because I want to get to the good stuff. Just as quickly as I can. I would tell you today. That when it comes to talking about God. Even his edges are beyond finding out. Even, even, the, even getting out on the, on the end of where he is. And what he's able to do. Is more than we could even really handle. We're on the outside looking in. And we are saying that surely God cannot use me. Or surely God cannot do anything with me. 
I feel like all I have access to is the edges. Today, maybe you consider yourself to be on the outskirts. You consider, you consider yourself to be on the edge, marginalized by mistakes and missteps. But I have come to preach to you and tell you today, if I can just get you to grab a hold of the edge of the ways of God this morning, if you will just hear a whisper from the edge this morning, if you'll just hear a whisper from God, Job said you don't even have to hear the fullness of his voice, the thunder of his power, who can understand just his whispers are so much more than anything else we could ever understand. I'm telling you right now that God values people on the edge. And I am telling you right now that God still works on the edge. In Matthew 15, you read about a Syrophoenician woman that came to Jesus. And she said, uh, Lord, I've got a daughter that's grievously vexed with the devil. I need you to come and I need you to cast that devil out of her. And Jesus uh, ignored her. And so she said it again. She cried out louder. And finally he turned to her. He said, you're not of the commonwealth of Israel. And I have not come to you yet. I have at this particular time, I'm only here for the Jews. And he said, it's not. Right, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, but even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the children's table. If I can just get the crumbs, if I could just get that crust they cut off, the edge, the morsels, the leftover, the overflow. If I could just get a little piece of that, I believe, God, you could work a great miracle in my daughter's life. And I came to preach today and tell you, you may have got here and you may not feel like you're able to get to the middle part of it all. But if you could just reach under the table and find you a crumb today God will change your life he'll change your life Jairus's daughter was sick and Jairus comes to Jesus and he begs him to come pray for his daughter and while he's moving that direction the woman with the issue of blood comes upon him and she said oh if I can but touch the him of his garment if I could just get to the edge of where he is if I could just get a hold of the edge I do believe he could change my life and I would be healed and there she goes crawling through all of that crowd there she goes pushing her way through and she gets a hold of nothing but the mere edges of his ways but when she touched the edge of God brother it touched her life and immediately there was virtue that flowed out of him and and into her body. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have faith that is high. And greater than somebody else. If you could just get a little bit of mustard seed faith. If you could just say. If I could just get to the edge of him today. He could change my life. He continues on his way. They come to Jairus. And they say. Jairus it's not worth him coming anymore she's dead Jesus told him fear not only believe Jairus didn't even realize at that moment that Jesus revels in working on the edge she's dead she's, she's, she's passed from life we've gotten out here on the edge she's, she's just dead now she's, she has just recently passed and is deceased 
And Jesus said, that's okay, just believe. He said, take me to her. And he gets in that room, and he has all those doubters to go out, and he has all those scoffers to go out. And he said to her, damsel, arise. And she got up because Jesus is able to work on the edge. There was a woman at a well. She was a woman of ill repute on the outskirts of polite society. Uh, she was a woman who had been married five times, and the husband she was living with was not her husband. Uh, the man she's living with was not her husband. And uh, Jesus told her all of that. And she had come to the well, if you study their culture and everything that was going on, she had come to that well at a time when she knew nobody else would be at the well. She came to the well when the other women weren't at the well. Because she didn't want to be around those other women. She didn't want to be under their scrutiny and under, and under their condemnation. And she felt unworthy to be around all of them. And so she comes to that well when nobody else should be there. She's just a woman on the edge. And yet Jesus meets her there. And she's kind of surprised to see him. And he said, would you give me... Uh, uh, a drink and and she said how is it that you'd ask me for a drink he said woman if you only knew who i am you'd be asking me to give you a drink she said how are you going to give me anything to drink you ain't got anything to draw water with he said that's okay he said i got a well you don't understand anything about i've got a well it's just the edges of my ways but i've got a well i can give you something that would change your life and he said it's a well of living water i could draw from that i could give you a little something today that would absolutely change your life i want to tell you today I, this isn't in my notes but let me say it real quick i thank god for the gift of the holy ghost I thank God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the power of the Lord that begins to move among us and, and in us and in the things that God does and, and the way He leads and guides and directs us. But I want to remind you, that's just the edges. That He said, this is just the earnest of your inheritance. This isn't even the whole thing. I haven't even given you the best part yet. All I gave you is a little bit of an edge. And I want to tell you that the edge of God has changed my life. It has changed my life. In Ruth 2, you find a man named Boaz. He is the kinsman redeemer. He's the foreshadow. He's the, he's the, the, the shadow of Jesus Christ who is to come. And he instructed, he said, uh, you got this woman Ruth that keeps coming through uh, my fields. And, and she's trying to take care of her mother-in-law and herself. And, and he told his reapers, he said, I want you to do something for me. I want you to make sure that you leave handfuls of purpose for her. So when she comes along behind you to glean, she's going to make sure that she finds more than enough. More than enough. Remember, Boaz is a type. He's a shadow of Jesus Christ. And it is showing us once again that God values those on the edges. He reaches for those that are lost and in need of a Savior. I declare to you today that the mere edges of his ways are wonderful. The mere edges of his ways are wonderful. Elijah, Elijah, up and down Elijah, up and down Elijah. Call fire down from Carmel. Praise God, hallelujah. God's with me. Run down a mountain, woo! 
I'm going to kill you. Oh, God. No. Just boom, 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 boom. Has the greatest victory he's ever had. Then Jezebel sends that message. I'm going to kill him. He goes into the desert, the wilderness. The Lord sends an angel. Say, give him some bread and give him some water. Tell him I'm not done with him yet. He eats it. He drinks it. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. He does it again. And the Lord says, get to the mountain. And so he goes, begins to run toward the mountain of God. The Bible said he went 40 days on the strength of that meat. And he gets up in that mountain. He's been saying, God, Jimmy talked about it today in Sunday school. He's been saying, God, ain't nobody loves you but me. Ain't nobody even trying but me. Nobody's even pushing but me. It's, it's all me by myself. And God said, hush, I've got 7,000. They've never bowed a knee to Baal. They've never kissed an idol. I got 7,000. You just need to quit your griping, quit your belly aching, pray back through Elijah. I got, I got something for you. He gets up in the mountain, and the Bible said that there was a great wind that began to blow. The wind's blowing, but God wasn't in the wind. And a fire came through, but God wasn't in the fire. Let me ask you a question real quickly. Who do you think sent that wind? Who do you think sent that fire? God sent it. God sent the wind and God sent the fire. This is not in my notes, but this needs to be preached too. Sometimes God sends stuff to test you that's not Him. See if you'll stick around to hear the still small voice. God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the fire. But then there came a still small voice voice if you let me say it like this how small as job said how small a whisper we hear of him elijah was out there on the edge in the cleft of a rock and how small a whisper he heard of him and god began to speak to him in a still small voice because god works in the margins he works on the outskirts he reaches to a Zacchaeus, a man who climbs up in a tree because he's, it's, the, it, it, it's the edge. It's, it's the closest he can get without being in the middle of it all. It's just the edge, and God reaches for Zacchaeus. He reaches for a Saul who's headed the wrong way down a Damascus road. He reaches for a Saul. I want to preach and tell you today, you may feel marginalized, you may feel on the edge, you may feel on the fringe, but I want you to know that the Lord sees you there and he's got enough power to easily meet your need right there where you are on the edge. And there's going to be a voice from heaven begin to speak in this room in just a few moments and you're going to start hearing some whispers from the edge. It's not going to be in the wind and it's not going to be in the fire. But it's going to be a still small voice from God that's going to begin to speak. And you're going to begin to hear something from the Lord. And it's just going to be a whisper. It's going to be a whisper because you don't have to have any more than that. His whisper is enough to change your life. In Matthew 8, a centurion went to Jesus, his daughter. Excuse me, his servant was very sick. He said, my servant's sick. And Jesus said, bring me to him. He said, no, 
He said, you don't even have to come to my house. All I need you to do is just whisper a word. I'm a centurion. I'm not of your people. But if you'll just whisper a word. I know I'm the man on the edge. But if you'll just give me a whisper from the edge. You don't even have to come in my house. Just say the word. All I need is your word. Watch this. I don't even have to feel your presence. I don't even have to feel anything right now. All I need you to do is just speak the word. And if you will but speak the word, I know my servant will be made whole. It was in this passage that the Lord began to declare that people were going to come from the edges. He saw this man's faith and he said, people are going to start coming from the edge. They're going to come from the east. They're going to come from the west. They're going to sit with the patriarchs in heaven because of that type of faith. He said in Matthew 8 and 11, I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because of this kind of faith. It is this kind of faith that is going to draw people in. They may be on the edge right now, but their faith, On the edge is getting ready to pull them in closer than they have ever been. And I preach and tell you today that he is calling you from the edge. He is calling you from the outskirts. He is calling you from the fringe. His power can still reach to the edge. His power can still reach to the edge. And he's going to begin to pull you in closer. And God's going to do something great in your life. It's going to start on the edge. And you're going to wind up deeper in God. Than you ever imagined that you could be. Indeed these are the mere edges of his ways. These are the mere edges of his ways. And just but a whisper of him. In this room today, we could begin to go around and we could talk about how awesome our God is. And I could tell you and tell more about Brother Leon and what God did for him this weekend. I thank the Lord for that. I thank God for that. To hear the doctor come in and say, Brother Randall and I both heard it. Well, you definitely had a stroke. We can see it. We can see it on the scan. You've definitely had a stroke. And yet later the, the other doctor come in and say, I don't know why they're saying that. You didn't have a stroke. But I didn't feel anything. It's okay. You didn't have to feel anything. These are just the edges of his ways. These are just the edges of his ways. I think about us. I've told you our testimony, but I think about my wife and I being married in college. I don't suggest that for everybody. Getting married in college and trying to buy insulins and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month in medicines and all that stuff. We didn't have any insurance. And we was... We were going to school full time. She was taking 18 hours. I was taking 15. She was taking 18. And we were working as much as we could at JCPenney trying to make ends meet. But JCPenney, they're good folks over there. But they're not trying to help anybody just get rich either. We were busting it. and We were trying to make it. 
And we looked back, and I would try to put a budget together and figure out how we were going to do everything, how we were going to make ends meet. And it never could add up. It couldn't add up. But somehow God made a way. We never came up short. We were faithful in our tithe and offering. And we never came up short. And God always made a way. And I look back now and say, how did that happen? All I know to tell you, that was just the mere edges of his ways. That was the crust. We just came through sickness. We still got sickness in our house. Nora's not here today. She's sick with flu. And... uh, we went through all that sickness with my wife being in the hospital and, 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 and all those things. And I thank God she's able to get up here and have the breath to sing today. And, and yet her blood sugar just stayed perfect all the way through that deal. Just stayed perfect. I know I keep talking about it, but you have to understand what a great miracle that is. And that's just the mere edges of his ways. And there are people in this room today, some of you are here right now, and you're trying to figure out how you even made it here. Let me tell you how you made it here. It was the mere edges of his ways. It, it didn't take some big thing. It didn't take, some, it didn't take God saying, Woo, let me, here we go, let me roll my sleeves back. This one's going to be tough. Let me really get, get it together here. Let me see what I can do, all right? No, he never had to do any of that. All it took was a still small voice. All it took was a little whisper from the edge. And God gave you everything you ever needed. And God made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. Brother Steve, I was supposed to pray for you and we prayed today. How about we just do it right now? Been fighting a battle. He had surgery on his eye and there's some pressure going on behind that eye. Giving him problems and, and all that. I believe just the edges of the ways of God are in this room today. I'm not even talking about the fullness of God. I don't think we could handle it. We, we like to think we got the fullness of God in this room and all that. All we've got are the edges. But I came to tell you the edges are enough today. If you'll take a crumb from under the table, the crumb from under the table is about to touch you and change your life. Would you reach your hand this way right now? In the name of Jesus. God, I pray for my friend right now. And I ask that you would touch him, Lord. Whatever's going on, whatever's going on with his eye and, and the pressure that he's feeling there in the name of Jesus. God, we don't need anything, we don't need anything that, that, that just blows our minds. You don't have to rip the roof off this place right now. All we need is a little crumb, Lord. And if you'll give us a crumb, the crumb will be enough to touch this man. And he can walk out of here whole. I'm preaching about the edges of his ways. But you don't know. You don't know how tough it is for us right now. Let me just give you a little bit of the crust. If you'll just take a little bit of the crust, God's getting ready to change your life. And if you are in this room today and you have desire for God to change your life, I am telling you that he is ready, he is willing, and he is able. He's got got everything you need in this room right now. And I have an expectation that before you walk out of these doors today, God is going to move. And God is going to do something sovereign that only only he can. It's going to be the edges of his ways at work. It's going to be a whisper that we hear of him. It's a whisper from the edge. So, if you're in this room today and you have a need in your life, 
if you've got a need in your life, I wonder if you would just raise a hand with me right now. You don't have to say what it is. You just raise a hand. I'm going to declare to you right now. I'm going to declare to you right now that God's getting ready to work on the fringes. God's getting ready to work on the fringes. I'm not, I, but you don't understand, Pastor. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not, I'm not right with God right now. There's things in my life that aren't what they should be. I'm telling you, he's going to work on the edge today. You don't understand. There's things beyond my control. It's, it's, it's reached outside of my grasp. I can't even grab a hold of it anymore. It's okay. God's going to work on the edge today. Let's stand together right now. In the name of Jesus. And on the authority of the word of God. By the power of the name. I claim right now God. That you are getting ready to unleash. Your power in this room. Lord. It may be just the edges. But the edges are getting ready to be enough. There are people in this room that need miracles, God. There are people in this room that need to hear a still, small voice. And you're going to... The wind may have been blowing and the fire may have been burning. And you've been testing, God. But you're getting ready to speak a still, small voice right now. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that we would have the humility of Elijah to get ready to receive what you received. And we wouldn't be pulled off by anything else. God, let us get ready to receive what you're going to speak. Let us get ready to receive what you are going to do. There are miracles in this room today, God, because there is, there is enough crust in the house for you to change the lives of everyone that is in here. I declare it in the name of Jesus.